G'day, mate, 40 here. So, one of the most tempting intellectual, spiritual, moral, cognitive, psychological, social paths that I've been tempted to follow is the bypass. Right, whenever I get really excited about something, I look at it as the, the bypass. So, last 10 years I've been pretty excited about 12-step recovery, so I know a lot of people in 12-step recovery are very tempted to use 12 steps as a bypass to confronting you know, other problems that they have on the physical, and the social, and the psychological, and financial nature. Right? How tempting to think that you can you know, just take this one good thing and bypass all your problems. If you just if you just indulge, if you just engage with that one thing that you find works, and you just you know, there you go full on. So when I was a kid, right, I accepted the religion I was raised in was you know, God's ultimate expression of his will to humanity and so naturally I wanted to be a missionary. So I thought there was basically no significant problem in the world that could not be solved with a good dose of Seventh-day Adventism. And then a little later I became interested in power politics. And I started reading books at about age seven. I thought, oh man, there's no, there's no problem in the world that can't be solved with a, you know, with a good dose of power and power politics. And then I got into running and I thought, oh man, jogging, you know, physical fitness, aerobic fitness, that's where it's at. And this is basically the magic key to unlocking life. Then I fell in love with journalism in eighth grade. I want to be a journalist. Ah, good journalism, good reporting. And this is the magic key that will unlock life. And this is what I'm going to devote myself to 100% so that I didn't even put much effort into my schooling because I thought as a journalist you didn't need any fancy degrees. Then I wanted to become an economist. So I devoted myself to economics. Finally knuckled down, got serious, learning math and calculus. I thought that you know, economics was the magic key to unlocking how the world worked. And my father, the theologian, he thought that theology was the magic key to unlocking how the world works. Then I got sick, crippled by chronic fatigue syndrome. And I thought, you know, anything that can cure chronic fatigue syndrome, this is the magic key to how the world works. Now, 30 years later, something did cure my chronic fatigue syndrome. It was beef organ capsules from ancestral supplements that I found on Amazon. And within two weeks of taking them in early July of 2021, my chronic fatigue syndrome was forever cured. I became interested in Judaism. 1989 and for years I thought oh Judaism, ethical monotheism there's no major problem that can't be solved with a good dose of ethical monotheism have you blokes had your dose of ethical monotheism today? and then the internet came along 
And uh, I read this book on fame in 1995. It said the two easiest paths to become famous are to publish something or to give something away. And I thought there are no problems I have that can't be solved with fame because through fame I'll meet more people, I'll expand my contacts, I'll get more suggestions for how to deal with my problems like chronic fatigue syndrome and the like. But, you know, fame. That's the, that's the magic key to solving what's wrong with me. And I started homeopathy in 1999. And for a few weeks there, as I started feeling better, probably due to the placebo effect, I thought, oh, homeopathy, that's the, that's the cure for what ails me. Did 10 years of psychotherapy. I thought, ah, oh, psychotherapy is a cure for what ails me. Discovered the Alexander Technique in August of 2008. Ah, oh, Alexander Technique, there's the cure for what ails me. Started taking creative writing classes with Terry Silverman. It's like, ah, oh, Terry Silverman, she's the key to what ails me. I just love to try to jump on shortcuts. Bypasses. I see then 12 step programs. I thought, ah, 12-step programs, that's the cure for what helps me. But I noticed a lot of people, 12 step programs, they want to do a spiritual bypass when they have physical ailments, when they have psychological ailments, their financial and social ailments. And, and uh, usually the spiritual bypass won't bypass your problems that are not spiritual in origin. And I noticed, so I spent most of my life in intense organized religion. A lot of people want to do, a lot of people want to do a religious bypass of their problems. Like they just want to apply Christianity or Judaism or Islam or secular Quranism. And I think that's the cure of what ails the world. Now, there are modest bypasses. So if you have good relationships with your friends and family, that can really help you wrestle with a lot of problems. But the deeper and wider your relationships go, right, the more it will be revealed who you are. So it's not a terribly effective bypass if you've got dysfunctions operating in your life. For example, if you're an underrunner, People who aren't under owners are not going to want to hang out with you. And if you're a debtor, people who aren't debtors are not going to want to hang out with you. If you're a philanderer, non-philanderers are not going to want to hang out with you. If you're painfully shy, how many people are going to want to hang out with you? If you've got Tourette's or the equivalent, then a lot of people are going to want to hang out with you. Now, money is a great bypass if you can handle it. So with money, you can solve most of the problems that come up in normal life. If you're a normal person, and you can handle it. If you're about a third of the population that uh, lacks secure attachment, and uh, lacks the ability to handle money, then you know, money is not going to solve your problems. 
But there are all sorts of hucksters out there. They're selling the magic key, the bypass to your problems. Yeah, at best, you can get a modest bypass if you basically got your life under control. And sometimes the addition of one thing, a spouse, a friend, a community, or the addition of religion or a 12-step program, psychology, good therapy, Alexander technique. Like if you basically headed in a good direction, then the addition of one thing can provide a modest bypass to many of your problems. I noticed, like with the rise of Donald Trump in 2015, a lot of people embrace Donald Trump as the solution to, you know, what ails America. I'd like to think that I only ever had, you know, modest expectations of Donald Trump. I never thought he was going to do everything that he said. And I never thought he'd do nothing that he said. And so when he modestly fulfilled his campaign promises, you know, I was happy. I was content with the Donald Trump presidency. I didn't feel a deep sense of betrayal because I didn't have the high expectations a lot of people do. So a lot of people on the left got disillusioned with uh, politics when uh, socialism didn't work out and when you know, communism fell apart. And so as a substitute for their their political disappointments to which they had devoted their lives, right? they embraced human rights. And that was the way to campaign and feel righteous and, and morally superior and have this great hero system that gave you life, meaning, and purpose as a substitute for the disappointments of politics. What did I have for breakfast? I had... Oh, what's that protein drink that everyone makes fun of? I poured that on a bowl of uh, protein cereal and I had a glass of green vegetable juice. Then for dinner last night, I had a blueberry smoothie. Remember when rioters surrounded the White House and Trump had to run into the basement and tweet out that he was safe? Soylent, yes. I had Soylent with a bowl of cereal. So, of course, Donald Trump is very human. He has lots of foibles. And so a lot of people who are, you know, high on MAGA, right, they now become completely disillusioned, either stepped aside from politics or embrace, say, Christian nationalism in a way that will get them socially marginalized. So people who had outsized expectations for politics, whether they're on the you know, far left or far right, they're usually going to be sorely disappointed. And then they'll overreact in the other direction. It's kind of a, I think, a mark of immaturity. When you seize on this one good thing and pursue it to absurd ends. So the idea that different groups have different gifts, right? Useful way of understanding reality. But if you talk about it, in the wrong places, in the wrong terms, hey, you can absolutely destroy your life. It's, you know, most people are not going to benefit from uh, devoting their entire lives to what could politely be called differential psychology. You know, where do people differ? And then 
read these great novels that I, th I think reflect the internal and external social experience of many, but they convert to Orthodox Judaism or they go from secular Jew to Orthodox Jew. And then uh, it doesn't work for them. Right? And it's more likely to not work for you if you have unrealistic expectations. Like if you expect that you'll find in Orthodox Judaism a community devoted to the in-group and devoted to let's run for it thank you devoted to study of Torah right then uh, you're going to find that but if you have other expectations remember when Trump threatened to destroy Iranian cultural heritage sites <laughs> My main concern in American politics is uh, immigration and crime. And on those two things, he was better than average. Might have even been far better than average. And uh, I guess the courts, the judiciary, the judges, and he appointed a lot of conservative judges who stand for, generally speaking, conservatives much more for law and order and for strong punishment of uh, violent criminals than people on the left. And so I think you know, those were positive developments, but if uh, outsized expectations of your politics, that's not gonna, that's gonna lead to heartache. You have outsized expectations for your religion or your spiritual path or your style of yoga. I mean, listening to these great conspirituality podcast about Guru Jagat, who was my Kundalini yoga teacher. Two years I bought $1,000 annual unlimited passes to Kundalini yoga, 2009-2010. I really enjoyed it. But as I do with anything that I get excited about, I quickly did some investigation of my own a few weeks in after I did a lot of injury to myself. And I saw that uh, Kundalini yoga is helped a lot of people, but it's hurt a lot of people too. Many people who devoted their lives to Kundalini Yoga, yoga kind of profoundly regret it, just like many people devoted their lives to, say, the Muni religion and come to profoundly regret it, or devoted their lives to politics. I think, because life is so complicated, there are just so many possible ways to spend your time and energy that... Uh, People get exhausted by their options, so they want to narrow them down. It's just like one thing to concentrate on, to give their life meaning purpose and a sense of heroism. And I think the more secure you are, the more mature you are, right? the more developed you are, the more you can handle the unpredictability of life and the variety of choices that life throws at you, and the less you need as a psychological crutch to reduce all your options to one, two things like politics, or group differences, or religion, twelve-step recovery, or therapy, or yoga, or Alexander technique. The more you can recognize there are many paths. So I'm dealing with a substantial amount of frustration that the last two months I've produced very little original content. Instead, I've just been going back through my archives trying to dig up the best of what I've written in the past and improve it. So as I read through things I published 
on my blog loop4.net a month ago, a year ago, 10 years ago, you know, it jumps out at me ways that I can improve. You know, I can shore up my arguments, I can improve spelling, punctuation, grammar, logic, philosophy, the decency of what I'm writing, I can make it more accessible to a wider audience, I can provide more examples to substantiate my thesis, I can reformulate my thesis, I can narrow, sharpen you know, what I'm writing. And so, I'm not providing any new, new content, there are new things that I want to write about, but instead going back through the old and improving it, and kind of frustrating that kind of lost, largely lost two months of where I could be saying something new and developing new ideas, new responses to the changing world around us, instead going back through my archives and uh, compiling a list of you know, book recommendations, compiling a list of my rules for life. And I've deepened that blog entry, deepening the blog entry on my principles for decoding reality by just going you know, back through the archives, and not just my blog, but also my Facebook. And so, as Tom Sowell says, there are no, no solutions in life, there are only trade-offs. So I'm trading off possibility of creating something new to improve and get more of a handle on what I've written in the past and organize it into a compilation of my best blog posts, possibly leading to a book 